Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. This is Jesus giving a promise and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes. Now he's talking specifically to the 12 apostles, but basically the, the point you don't want to miss here is we're going to have communion over meals together in heaven. I like that. I don't think you're ever going to go, oh, I'm famished. If I don't eat something right now, I'm going to pass out. I don't think, I think our new life force will not be blood, but you get iron poor blood. Some of our worst diseases is in the blood, right? Sometimes we have cancer in the blood. Problems with blood diseases, we won't have those problems anymore because our life source will be spirit. And I don't think you'll go, oh, my body's starting to sink. I need to eat. You'll just go, hey, let's you and I spend some time over a meal together. And I think we'll be able to enjoy. Oh, you imagine the kind of taste? I like food. I bet there'll even be hot sauce in heaven. I like hot sauce. Yeah, sushi. Will there be sushi in heaven? Lord, all my favorite little spices and fun. And, yeah, I just think that there are I've heard people talk about um, how our eyes aren't anywhere near the eyes of eagles and other animals. Our ears, our hearing, you know, they'd say how dogs can hear and animals can hear. We're so down the chain that when it comes to some of these things. I think in heaven, I heard one guy say, I think it was Chuck Smith, who says we'll be able to hear colors and see smells. I don't know about that, but I know, but I know our senses will be so heightened that a good meal is going to be good, Okay. The bad ones will taste real, but no, I don't think there'll be any bad ones. Okay. All right. So, uh, disembodied spirits, they can't eat. They can't be touched. It's a whole other ballgame. So, there's a big difference between a ghost or a spirit and the glorified body. Uh, moving to verse uh, 43 when it says, He took bread and ate it in their presence. I bet the disciples were waiting. They thought it was going to, the fish was going to go in and drop out the bottom of his head. You know? I bet they're going, watch him drink. And the, you ever... <laughs> I came from, shouldn't, I guess it's safe now to tell you, I came from California. Um, and we used to go to Disneyland, and you'd go into Pirates of the Caribbean, and you'd go to all these things in the haunted mansion, you know, and they would have people, a ghost drinking, and the, the, the stuff would be, the liquid would be falling out. They were probably expecting that with Jesus, but no. His new body can handle food. He ate the fish, and, and, and the honeycomb, and all that, and so the, 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 he's, he's trying to help them let it sink in, what's really happened here. Verse 44. And then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Now, we, if you were in a growth group, you went over lots of that last week. If you didn't, I've, 
don't know if the notes are still up online. If you look, I think if you look on, online at last week's study, the, the PDF, you could download it and look at all the scriptures and look up those. Where does it say in the Bible about Jesus and his death and his burial and all these things, okay? Uh, and then it says, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And so I want you to see something here too. After you believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you don't live the rest of your life on that alone. You don't just go, all right, let's talk about our resurrected bodies. Let's talk about Jesus was risen. That's good. But I want to tell you, I want you to see where Jesus took them next and where I will always take you next. Bible study. Right? I mean, it says in verse 45, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Experiences enough, uh, alone are not enough. Ooh, we, we want an experience. Show us, Lord. Touch us. Heal us. There's a, you know what? I, I pray for healing when people are sick. and I, I want to experience the presence of the Lord. Don't get me wrong. But you know what Jesus did? He opened their minds, their understanding to the knowledge of the Scripture. And I believe that's the primary job of every pastor is to teach the people the word. Now, some people, they want to go to a church that's going to talk about what's going on in the government, what's going on in the world. Let's talk about the vaccine. Let's talk about the politics. Let's talk about COVID. Sorry. My job and my calling is to help you understand the scriptures because with that understanding, you'll be able to cope with all that other stuff rather than focusing on that other stuff. I'm going to focus on to knowing Jesus and him crucified and then understanding the scripture. It's my highest responsibility above all else and that's the priority of Calvary Chapel Eagle. I'll just let you know. I've actually had people leave this church because I don't talk about the news enough. Huh? How come you don't talk about Russia's about to invade Ukraine? You should talk about that. Uh, how it fits in the scripture. Well, it may or may not. I've been around long enough to see people connect dots and then the dots disappear. Well, I guess that wasn't despite what the Bible says here. You know, I'm not going to play those kind of games. It's exciting. Pump you up. Jesus is coming back because Russia's about to invade Ukraine. Really, is that what it's about? Or is Jesus coming back because he said he's coming back? Huh? Right. So anyway, I'm not going to play those games. I know so people have laughed over that. You're going to get Bible study because Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And that's what every spiritual leader should do. In verse 45, he opened their understanding that they may comprehend the scriptures. Every spiritual leader's responsibility, not experiences, not entertainment, not meeting your needs. Well, I want to go to a church that has this. Let's go to a church where they're teaching the word that when I leave, I understand the Bible better now. Okay? Well, if that's not what you're looking for, you're in the wrong place because that's what God's called me to do. And, and that's why I don't focus on politics or special events. And Anyway, anyway, enough of that. Verse 47. Verse, verse 47, Jesus goes on to say something that we don't want to miss. He says, well, let me start with verse 46. Thus it was written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And, verse 47, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And then it goes, and you're witnesses of these things. Here's the thing. This is the, the punchline. This is the focus we don't ever want to meet, uh, miss. And there's two words in here, or there's two thoughts that you, you don't ever want. It's so important. Uh, matter of fact, they can't be separated. Here is your next fill-in. Man's most important response to the gospel is faith and repentance. Faith 
and repentance. And I know some people will emphasize one or the other, but it really is an ongoing thing, faith and repentance, that's preached all through the scriptures. Let me clarify what I mean by that. Faith is simply believing God's word. Faith is just, well, matter of fact, Paul wrote about Romans 10, 17. He says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's, faith is just believing God's word. By the way, it's the opposite of what Adam and Eve did to fall in the garden. They knew God's word, but they didn't believe it. They heard somebody else tell them, oh, did God say you're going to die? You won't die. God's holding out on you. You know, that fruit, God doesn't want you to eat it because when you eat it, your eyes will be open, you'll be like him. Go eat it. Really, I've told you this before, one of my theories, I've got lots of fun theories, is that God made the way back to him through faith, through believing his word, as a reversal of what happened in the garden, that the way away from him was not believing his word and acting upon it. They believed the devil's word rather than God's word, and they acted upon it, and it killed them. Coming back to the Lord, salvation is believing God's word and acting upon it. There's faith and repentance, okay? So repentance, let me clarify, because some people think repentance is, is good works. You've got you to do this and not do this, and there's a whole list of things, and the church makes you jump through hoops. That's what I'm talking about. You know what? If you look up repentance in the Greek, if you've got Bible software, it's simply metaneo, which is a, a change of mind. You used to think, well, now you've changed your mind. You've changed your attitude about something. And a, but a genuine change of mind is always evidenced by a change of action, right? If you go, well, I used to think, this was a good place. Now I realize that's a bad place. If you really believe that, you're not going to go to the bad place, right? I used to think this was, was bad. Go to church, read my Bible, study Scripture, pray. But now I realize it's good. When you have a change of mind, it always brings a change of lifestyle, a change of action. So I believe that repentance is evidence of true faith. So when Jesus came on the scene preaching the kingdom of God in the very beginning, the gospel of Mark even tells us, Mark 1.14, Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, this time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, listen to this, repent and believe. Some people go, well, you don't have to repent. Oh, salvation is free. You just have to believe. Well, I believe all throughout the scriptures, you'll see that we're told to believe and to repent. That means turn from your sins and follow the Lord. And the apostle Paul affirmed this. This was even his calling. When he told what his calling was, back in Acts chapter 20, verse 21, he says, here's what God told me to do. He told me to testify to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are some really good people who will actually argue about this and say, no, no, you don't have to repent because that, that's a work. You know what? Just read your Bible. If you want to argue, well, that's a work. And well, then if, if, if something, if a verse you read in the Bible disturbs your theology, change your theology so that your theology fits everything that the Bible says the way the Bible says it. God's greatest offer to us is forgiveness. And so uh, the forgiveness of sins through repentance is just, that's a, that's a true deal here, okay? Now the gospel is joined with the necessary human response, believe in Christ and repent. And the result is forgiveness. Okay, so that's just the way the Bible's written. That's the way I, I read it, and I hope you see it right there. So it goes on in verse 47, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So there's another thing that you've got to understand. It's for everybody, all the nations, 
But he says, beginning at Jerusalem, come on, that's an old thing we've heard even Paul talk about this, Romans 1.16. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, God made his promises years ago, many years ago, to the Jews, and salvation is to the Jews first. I promised you guys, here I am, but now bring it to the whole world, also to the Greek. Now, we're going to finish. We really, I could see, we actually have time. We're actually going to finish the chapter. Verse 48 Jesus says, And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So the big picture, Jesus is saying, I want you to go and tell the world. But first, before you go, don't go without this. I want to empower you. Don't go without the power. Matter of fact, I think every missionary, every evangelist, anybody who wants to street preach, I don't think it's enough just to study a certain technique. Well, first you say this, and when they say that, you say this. You know, that's all mechanical. There's all kinds of techniques. I think the greatest thing that we could take with us when we go to share the gospel, whether it's on the mission field or on the streets of Boise, is to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that God will give us wisdom of what to say and what not to say. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to send the promise of the Father. And this is a reference to what happened in, in Acts chapter 2, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit fell upon the believers who were obeying Jesus, waiting for the promise of the Father, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and they began to experience some really supernatural things, like speaking in tongues and prophesying. I believe that we need everything we could get to share the gospel with the, the world. I think we need all the power of the Holy Spirit. We need supernatural, unusual things in, in order to reach the world, okay? And this was the promise of Joel in Joel chapter 2 verse 28. We'll look at that in a moment. And it was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Listen to the promise of Joel. Joel chapter 2 verse 28. It says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that this God speaking, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Also on my men's servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. You know what he's saying basically? It's not just for the important people. This isn't just for the prophets, the apostles, the pastors. This is my manservants and maidservants, everybody from the greatest to the least. I want you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to fill you. I'm going to use you so that you can tell the world about Jesus. And Luke wrote about this in Acts chapter 1 and Acts 4. He says, um, And Jesus, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. This is the same Luke who wrote the Gospel of Luke. He continued by writing the the book of Acts. And so this is kind of a continuation. The promise of the Father, which he said, You've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when when he had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord... Will you, will you, excuse me, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? You know, they saw Jesus resurrected. They said, this is it. We're going to overthrow the Roman government, set up God's kingdom right here, right now. Is this when? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put on his own authority. Now, I have to sneak this in here. There's so many people who have always loved to try to guess when the Lord's coming back. I told you, when I first got saved... In the 80s, actually I got saved in the 70s before any of you were born. And in the 80s, there was a book, a very popular book, 88 Reasons Why Christ Will Come Before 1988. Yeah, 
And then, I don't know if you know this, but it didn't happen. Okay? People love that kind of stuff. I mean, it's a bestseller. That's why he wrote a sequel the next year, you know? It's a bestseller. But people are drawn to stuff like that. How do I know the Lord's coming back? What are the signs of the times? When will he come back? You know what Jesus said? It's not for you to know. Here's what I think is more important. He says, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has set in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know what Jesus said when you talk about the end times? Don't worry about the timing. Worry about the power. You need to tell everybody about Jesus. You need the power to speak boldly about Jesus. And instead of getting your eschatological charts right and figuring it all out and watching the news and going, that must mean this and this means that, and that's the mark of the beast and that's the Antichrist. Have you ever got caught up in all that? Jesus said, that's not for you to figure out. You know what I want you to worry about? Being filled with the Holy Spirit so that you could live for him and tell others about him. That's what's important, okay? So I recommend this to every missionary, every evangelist. Don't go in your own strength. Wait for the promise of the Father. Ask the Lord to fill you. Let's finish the chapter. Verse 50 says, And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. And now it came to pass, but while he blessed them, and that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Now, by the way, this is another thing where it's going, will we be able to do that? I don't know. I don't know if this is just because this was Jesus and he needed to show them uh, my kingdom is not of this earth. I'm leaving this earth because this, this is not it. Uh, or, or is that another picture of what the resurrected body can do? You could play with that in your growth groups. Okay, in verse 52, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. We finally got to get to the point somewhere along the line where we start experiencing joy here. Okay. And somewhere along the line, the truth's got to sink in, and we've got to, have, we got to believe it, but not just believe it, but not for joy. We've got to believe it for joy. And don't miss what it says in verse 52, they worshipped him. If you ever wonder, is it okay to worship Jesus? This is one of the verses that will show you. There's a lot of verses. But they worshipped him, and he didn't go, don't do that. There's some religions, particularly the cults, who will tell you you can't worship Jesus. You just worship the Father, not the Son. Jesus receives our worship. That's why most of our worship songs, we mention Jesus. They worshiped him. Then they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Ah, we finished the book of Luke, right? Okay. Now, there's a couple things I want to talk about, though. So I could go maybe five more minutes. Maybe ten. We'll see. Okay. Because Luke gave an appendage to this in Luke chapter 1. He says in verse 9, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, he went up, and behold, two men stood by them with white apparel, and, and who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So what we're, the lesson we're being taught is, he's coming back. And he's coming back in the clouds. And it's the same Jesus. And I'm looking forward to that day. And the story is not over. He's coming back in the clouds. Like Jesus had told his apostles many ways and many times. Like in John 14, 3. He says, And if I go up and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. You know, you ain't home yet. You know that? You think, well, I'm, I just bought a home in Boise. Or I just moved from so-and-so and I just bought a... You're still not home yet. Jesus has prepared a place for you 
that we'll spend eternity with him, that where he is, we will be also. And his ascension, we this Mount of Olives thing we just read about in Luke, it was a very private thing. Only a handful of his apostles saw it. It was a private thing. But when he comes back, it's going to be a very public thing. Let me just read to you from Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and the tribes, all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. So those who hate him, those who were for his crucifixion, those who received him, every eye will see him. He's coming in the clouds. And it was something that was prophesied of old, the prophet Daniel. I mean, hundreds of years before Jesus, the prophet Daniel gave a, had a prophecy, and it says in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like this, this is the Old Testament. This is a Jewish book. One like the Son of Man. This is Jewish. Coming in the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient of Days. This is the God the Son approaching God the Father. And they brought him near to him, and then to him was given, who the Son of Man, was given a dominion and a glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. This is the same Jesus we've been studying about all this time. This is the Jesus you wonder, is it okay to pray to him? Is it okay to worship him? He's going to be given a kingdom that will stand as a dominion that will be forever and ever. His dominion will not pass away. That's what Daniel, the prophet said. Tell your Jewish friends to read Daniel chapter 7, chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 53, Psalm 22. Tell your Jewish friends, okay? But listen, while we wait for his return, I really believe that back in Luke, if, if you've been turning pages and going elsewhere, back in Luke, the last few verses is a picture of what, how we should be living, how we should be, as they see, occupying until he returns. Look at verse 52 again. They worshipped him. I think we should continually be in that state of mind. They worshipped him, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. I hope when you go home today, you could go home with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. I think the lifestyle of a Christian should be, I want to get together with the saints and worship. I want to worship Jesus. I want to go to church. We're going to get together. We're going to worship. We're going to get together continually praising God and blessing God. That's what it says here. Worshiping him, continuing to gather for his glory, and praising God with great joy. And, and as we close, here's something else I want you to think about. Are there people in your life that don't know this story? I'm sure, it's, it doesn't say it here, but it says in the book of Acts, they went and told others. The gospel was spread all around the world from this point on. Um, but first of all, you've got to make sure you're right with God, right? First of all, you've got to make sure that you know the gospel and you believe in Jesus, that God made him who knew no sin to become sin on your behalf, that you might become the righteousness of God in him. It's a verse I overuse, but 2 Corinthians 5.21. It's, it's better than John 3.16. It's basically saying, we're not right with God. We are not righteous. But the, here's how God makes you righteous. God made Jesus who had no sin. He took his, your sins upon himself at the cross. We've been studying that the last couple of weeks. And you believing in Jesus, that he died in your place, that he died for your sins, you believing that Jesus died and rose again, God takes Jesus and puts your sins upon him. It takes Jesus' righteousness and puts it upon you. Let me say it again. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The only way you could be righteous in God's sight isn't by doing everything the church says you should do. 
It isn't about what the church says I shouldn't smoke or drink or touch that or look at that or do that. No, that's not how you get righteous. It's through faith in Christ that God made him who knew no sin to become sin. He's the divine swap. He took your sins, was treated the way your sins deserve to be treated, and that you get his righteousness. And the only way anybody here is righteous is if God gives you his righteousness. And then you're home free. It's the divine swap. Jesus took my sins, and as I put my faith in him, he gives me his righteousness. And now I stand guiltless, righteous before God because of what Christ did for me and offered me the divine swap. I love it. So, if you've believed and repented, you're there with me with this, okay? If you haven't, when we close today, you, maybe you come talk to me, come talk to one of our prayer counselors. That would be, oh, not up here. We go in room 308, right? In room 308, talk to somebody. If you're not sure, you're right with God because that's the most important thing, first, first things first, okay? But if you have received Christ, my next question to you before we close is, but have you received the promise of the Father? Have you received the power of of the Holy Spirit, that he might fill you and empower you, that you would have the power to spend the rest of your time on earth until he comes telling others about him. It's really important. I'm watching the clock, but I'm going to pray for you for that before we close. For those two things, we bow before the Lord right now. Lord, Father, first of all, I lift up to you, if there's anybody here listening to the sound of my voice, either in this room or watching from home, that they're not sure that they're right with you that they're not sure they're going to heaven when they die and their sins are forgiven. Lord, I pray that right now they would understand the simplicity of simply trusting Christ for salvation. To believe and repent, as that's the gospel Jesus preached, Lord, help us to just put our faith in you, not put our faith in ourselves. Lord, I lift up those who've been maybe following cults or misinformation or false preachers and they've been putting their faith in anything other than Jesus. Father, right now we put our faith in you, what you did on the cross, Jesus. Death, burial, and resurrection. You paid the price for our sins. And if you've never prayed that prayer, would you just say, Lord, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe that I'm a sinner, and I believe that you're the Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me yours. If you've prayed that before, but you want to go to the next step, you want to be used by him. You want to receive the promise of the Father. Would you just reach You know, just lift up your hands to heaven right now. Say, Lord, hear my cry. I need you, Lord. There's so much I want to do for you. There's so much I want to accomplish. I want to live for you. hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.